for five whole excruciating minutes as a white officer firmly pressed his knee into the neck of an unarmed, handcuffed black man. I saw no threat. I saw nothing that would signal that this kind of force was necessary. By the way, there, that particular technique that was used is not authorized by the MPD. It is not something that officers are trained in on uh, and should not be used, period. What you all just heard was Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry, um, his response to the murder that took place in Minneapolis on Monday and his call for the officers involved um, to be convicted of murder. So now we would just like to have a moment of silence for the lives that were lost this month, the black lives that were lost um, at the hands of white um, racist cops. Not all, not at each one of these instances are from cops, but at the hands of, of um, essentially white supremacy. So we'll take a moment of silence for Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and George Floyd. Okay. Hi, everyone. As much as we would have loved to start our our podcast off with um, something very lighthearted, this is very, very important that we need to talk about. Um, It's still very much so prevalent in uh, the United States, in this country, in this world. Um, And obviously our topic today, if you've been updated with any of the news, is going to be racism. Um, White supremacy, in a sense, um, this most recent incident coming from the hands of Minneapolis Police Department, the cops that came to a response um, on the scene of a black man supposedly writing a bad check. So um, welcome to PID Podcast. Yeah, today we're just going to give you guys our candid real life take on how we feel um, about this whole incident with George Floyd. I I think one of the most important things, too, is to is to recognize that this it's it's not an isolated incident and it's it's one that continually happens and the fact that people i we shouldn't even be calling it an incident it's a murder we Absolutely. should just call it what it is Absolutely. this is this is a murder and um the the fact that we wanted to open the podcast with um the Minneapolis mayor speaking is is because it's a shame that it that it is this way, but the fact that he's a male, the fact that he is white his his voice we could never amount to 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 the to the impact that his voice has and how like how much change can come from what he says we could say the same thing we could say it 10 times better than him but it'll never um result in in the same like effect that we need and we need these officers to be convicted of murder point blank period that's 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 what we need absolutely and he was um it was i think it was really poignant what he said um he said it articulated it almost like to the T where the Minneapolis police department should be completely embarrassed of itself because this is not what they teach their officers to do. Absolutely. They should be, they should be livid that they, they should, they should be pissed. So the fact that, I mean, they, they took the action um, quicker than we've seen in previous cases, like Philando Castile, his officer was, was um, put on an administrative leave, was even fired and then acquitted yep. of the, it wasn't even charged. Absolutely. So this one, this is a, I guess it's a step forward. The fact that they were um, fired, 
but but the mayor does say in this clip as well that had this been um, even a regular, even a white civilian, someone who does not have a badge, there would be no way that they would be that they could just go back to the crib and, and be like it's yep. like it's cool. There would be no way. And I just like to reiterate and touch on that point. When we talk about fighting racism, when we talk about fighting any form of injustice, I think it's important that everyone notes that we are all included in the fight. So people of color, black people in this specific incidence and all the other incidents that, that have occurred in the United States when there has been a crime against black people, um, whether it's been issued by a police officer or otherwise, like Dylan Ruth's situation, um, we all have to fight against that. It's not just for black people to fight against that. It's not just for people of color to fight against that. We need every counterpart that's witnessed it, that has an emotion towards it, which you should. I would also like to say, if you have no emotion for this, you um, and pulse. Exactly. You, you have no compassion. In whatsoever. this situation, if you if you do not object, you're a part of the problem. And I think that you should check that within yourself. But that's a personal issue you can deal with. That's not what we're here to talk about today. Um, but it's very important that if you are a white person, it's very important that you have these conversations with other white people. If we were to speak on it, it still holds the same weight, but the way another white person that may be um, unwilling to accept the reality of what the situation is, they're not going to hear it the same way that they would hear from us if you were to say it. Because we're crying wolf, or it's we're biased, or there's it's, Absolutely. it's not the same. That's why white folks need to hold other white folks accountable. And for the ones that don't, that do not, maybe they don't have, that's, it's kind of but maybe they don't have black people in their lives so there there's there's no humanization there there's no mm -hmm. like just basic level that that person is a human too and even if that's the case white folks that do and white folks that care about any type you care you have any black person in your life that you care about then you need to go to every other white person posted on your instagram every other white person that 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 you are in contact with needs to know too because maybe they'll they'll take what you say at face value and they'll believe it they won't believe it when we say it absolutely so we just want to make that a very clear point that it's not just a black person fighting for another black person this needs to be everyone in america everyone in the world should absolutely be outraged at this if you've seen the video you know exactly what we're talking about if you haven't seen the video as unfortunate as it is to literally for the amount of time that you watch it to see, literally see a black man, a human, literally stand, sit, sit there on the ground, handcuffed, completely detained, could have been taken to any um, police office and booked if there was an actual penalty or a charge that should have been ran against him, which there was not. Um, all of this could have been avoided, but instead this officer decided to sit on George Floyd's neck until he passed out for the entirety of the video and have other officers around him watch. Now, we have a couple clips from a couple people in the media that we'll speak to later on, um, but one I wanna mention here that we'll get to is Shannon Sharp, and he makes the point of saying, um, if you really felt like you were in danger and if you really felt like you were going to need to take some sort of like precautionary means to detain him, um, you would not have been sitting there as an officer with your hands in your pocket as you drill your knee into his neck and as he speaks and says, I cannot breathe. George Floyd is literally on the ground sitting there lying chest down saying, I cannot breathe. I cannot breathe. We've seen this before. In what case was that? Eric Garner? Eric Garner. Exactly. We've seen this before. Now, if you really felt like you were in danger and you really felt like you had to use excessive force, which is what's being used here, you would not be sitting there whistling or hands in your pocket or any other other things that you see people make claims to him doing. 
um, this police officer. So I think it's very important that we stop our realities, which it can be very, very, very easy to kind of move forward in your life and rush past this, which a lot of... Especially if you're a white person. Exactly. And which a lot of black people are doing too as well, because it's easier that way. It's less painful to know that you can still move on with your life and almost put things behind you um, and not see things for what they are because you see this every day. And if you were to be concerned about it every day, it would hurt a lot more. It would cause a lot more stress, anxiety, um, more so than there already is surrounding these situations. So yeah, we'll get into some personal takes here. I was um, able or fortunate enough, however you want to look at it, to go to the peaceful protest um, as well as the riot and basically um, experience that for myself. It's, uh, I have to take a deep breath here because it's um, an emotional thing for me to talk about. Um, I went with a couple friends. Um, We were right by the memorial of George Floyd and I couldn't look at it. I couldn't look at the memorial for longer than literally a second. It's probably one of the most emotionally provoking things I've experienced and you could literally ask anyone that knows me I'm not that you know emotional of of a person so um yeah I couldn't really look at the memorial we had amazing black women out there speaking for the lives um that have been lost George Floyd's life specifically um speaking to the importance of the black community black culture black people um in this economy in this um in the states here in this country around the world um amazing speeches happening there a great peaceful atmosphere and a perfect way to demonstrate and protest um the death of george floyd so i think it's important to note that this was a peaceful rally and that it it was meant to bring light to the situation and to bring some sort of like knowledge and justice for those that may want to support and don't know how while there um like i said if you've done any research or anything on this situation you know that the police did show up um and there was tear gas um thrown at peaceful protesters Uh, i want to repeat that there was tear gas thrown at peaceful protesters at a peaceful protest Police officers were throwing tear gas. Um, They brought out rubber bullets to deter people from gathering um, and hearing these things. I want, and I'm saying this, and I'm being as candid as I possibly can about it because I want you guys to know that that this is the reality of what's going on. So we could say, um, or we could speak to like weeks prior to this, when we had um, white people who were allowed to be outraged just as much as anyone else. head out into the streets and protest the fact that we are quarantined because of uh, COVID-19 currently. Um, And with this protest, I might want to add that they brought out assault rifles. They physically assaulted cops um, and police officers, um, rallied in the streets as well. There was no tear gas. um, There was no rubber bullets. Um, Police officers had gall to sit there and um, take and allow these citizens to um, exercise their right to protest. Um, So I want to make sure we can differentiate between the two instances that were um, more so driven by white people and the white community and their outrage for... um, They can't get in the haircut, but they can't 
put the bowl on your head. Cookie. Right. <laughs> there's, no the, bowl cuts today. there's no bowl cuts today. There's there's no getting your roots touched up. Like there's none of that. So um, they were upset about that, and I'm sure just having this in the house, uh, wear a mask at Walmart or anything of that nature. Um, there's no assault rifles on the police's end brought out to um, disrupt or disturb their protests, which I personally, my personal take on that would be that that wasn't peaceful. Um, so to turn around and have um, a death of George Floyd in the middle of the street recorded, watch him literally die on live videos on Facebook, the news, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and then to have people um, gather and peacefully protest at his memorial and to have tear gas thrown at them, I think is ridiculous. I think rubber bullets is too much. There should have been no guns involved. If anything, police officers should have been there to protect those at the peaceful protest. Yeah, yeah the irony, G. There's yeah. Like, you saw, like, those images. You probably even, you probably even saw it, like, when they were on top of, like, whatever building. I don't know if that was the precinct, if that was, like, the um the police station mm-hmm. but the, with like like sizing up folks like about to shoot them down how, how does that work when, when it doesn't it, work it, period it does not there you it go it doesn't work it bro. doesn't work how does how is that even okay and and the fact that i'm like that i'm like i know when i encounter a police officer when i'm driving i i see them on their little they got the little bikes <laughs> <laughs> the little weak bikes <laughs> They got all that. Every time I see them, I don't care if they're on the bike or not. I I, I feel threatened. Period. Yeah. I feel threatened. When it, when it, you know, in contrast, on the other hand, I know white folks. They're like, Whew, twelve police is here. Mm-hmm. We gonna be safe. Yeah, we are straight. That's that, that's that should, should not be that way. Absolutely not. Yeah. So I think. I think it's important that you guys understand from the perspective that we're coming from. There is a difference the way the police handle white issues and the way people, the police handle black issues. There is a difference in the way police handle black people and the way police handle white people, whether it comes to a traffic stop, a call, anything of that nature. So um, differentiate between that and don't don't literally sit there and try to act like it's not a thing because it is. And as much as it's not even about this right now, as much as I almost even hate to mention it, not because it's not true, but because it's not important in this instance, we all know that all police officers are not terrible. We all know that there are cops out there that are great, that do their job well, and that are here to literally serve um, the people of the United States. We understand that. We know that. That's not what we're talking about here, though. The ones that we're talking about are the ones that we see in this incident with George Floyd who are known or have been known or publicly have shown um, ideals of white supremacy, much as the police officer that stood on George Floyd's neck. Um, And we also want to address the police officers that were there standing by as this man literally says he can't breathe and he's begging for his life. We want to address those police officers too, because just as much as you may not have physically been on top of his neck, you supported the incident by not doing anything. You also are in uniform and you are also considered a first responder in that situation. And for you to sit there and allow one of your counterpart police officers to make that mistake. Exactly. Make you look bad. Exactly. Essentially kill that man. And for you to sit there and not do anything, you are also part of the problem. And you cannot consider yourself a good police officer anymore. So I want to make that clear as well. Um, Yeah. You wanted to talk about your take on the riot and how people are are basically saying it could be like something that's good or it could be something that's bad. I personally feel like it was necessary. I don't agree with just on any given day going out and like burning down a store. But I think the fact that police 
officers felt the need to come out and tear gas a peaceful protest. Um, the police reports are not even being created and made and like filled out to the extent of the situation that actually occurred. There's details being left out. Um, I think it was important that the people of Minneapolis, the people in Minnesota showed some sort of disdain for what had occurred. I'm sorry, but I, I think the riot was necessary because it brings attention to the issue. And those of you that have tried to look over it and tried to not be a part of it have no no space or no room to really not pick a side at this point. And if you pick the wrong one, I don't know what to tell you. But if you look at all of these instances and you understand where they come from, the riot, the peaceful protest, you understand where all of this stems from, then I think you would understand why people are rioting. So and that's it, my take on it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think, too, um, the what does Michelle Obama says that when they go low, we go high. You know how many times black folks had to go high? Continually. This already happened. We already seen this happen. And the fact that we have to, like, like we're expected to go to work. The next day, you got to go to work. Um, you Like, working, you, we're, we live in Minneapolis. You have to um, be around white folks. And you're expected to just operate like everything is normal absolutely and the fact that the that the riots broke out i think i you know what what else did you think was gonna happen what did you think was gonna happen i i had put like one thing um like a, a little bit ago on my instagram story and it was it's i feel like a really strong like um links and hughes line and, and it's um something like um negroes meek humble um docile and kind beware the day they change their mind and so it's it's you can't we it's there there was not enough attention brought to this until like riots had came out and and sorry but black black folks changed their mind and it's not even and it was not only black folks nope, doing it not so at all it w- it's, and and even in that it's important to recognize that you can only you can only push and prod for so long and the fact that that this you would think of all the contributing things that black people give to the society. The fact that, that our people, we didn't choose to be here. We, we didn't choose to be, to live in this country. They, they stole our ancestors off the shores of Africa and brought us here to do the work that they wasn't strong enough to do. And then we literally outlived all of that still just, just to, just to live in this reality, which, Mm -hmm. which is absolutely insane. And the fact that there, it's no coincidence that the police Force in 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 America is founded on um, the concept of slave catchers and the fact that that their one job was to go and get the runaway slave and bring them back, punish them, lynch them, like to to catch the the black man essentially. Absolutely. So there's no coincidence that that that's so deeply ingrained that that is still the reality of what the police does today. And I think too, like like so that it was so difficult to even be in that moment and to um probably to, to even experience that that on that corner that's that is right where that this, absolutely that murder occurred right on that corner and to have to see that i think that's why like i'm like literally begging people to stop the spread of that video because i to honestly i have not watched that video i i scroll past every time i see that head on george floyd's body i can't i cannot watch that video because all i see in that video is i see my brother in that video i cannot watch that video absolutely and so what do you think that does to black psyche to black mental health every time you open up twitter instagram that's that's an important point whatever thing what do you think that does that's an absolutely important point i want you guys to really think about it think about any trauma you've experienced in your life so whether it's abuse at home abuse in a relationship 
um, abuse, anywhere, anything, whether it's an addiction, right? If you feel like you need to get away from someone that's abusing you, if you feel like you need to get away from a drug that you are addicted to that's ruining your life, ruining your health, but yet everywhere you turn, every week you get on the internet, every time you go home and close your door, all you can see is that abuser or every corner you hit, all you can see is another person selling that same drug that you literally are trying to run away from. What do you think it like? it's going to happen to a person that's experienced that kind of abuse? You're not going to be able to get over it. You're not going to be able to recover from it. You're going to find more than likely an unhealthy way of coping with it, or you're going to fall back into that same system that you're trying to run away from, right? And I feel like a lot of people, black people specifically, that experience, um, that are able to experience these things through social media that aren't there all the time, are still going to have the same, um, probably not the same level of, but like a similar level to the people that are experiencing it firsthand. So if I'm literally someone that's seeing a black brother of mine getting killed every other week, when I hop on Twitter, I'm literally seeing a black brother of mine dying at the hands of a police officer or or another white supremacist like that's going to like affect my mental health same way if I go home to a household that abuses me every single day it's going to affect my mental health and I think it's important that we all understand and realize that this is not simply about okay this is wrong let me go hop on uh twitter post something about it now it's over my head because You may be in a position to do that because it doesn't directly affect you, but the people and the communities that it does directly affect, it's affecting for longer than that 10 seconds it's taking you to post something on Twitter or post something on um, Instagram or post something, Facebook, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, we're calling you to take action in a way that it actually matters to you, that you're able to empathize and sympathize with the people that are experiencing it in their community. And we're not saying that for you to take away from the power that they have in that. We're saying that for you to stand in the same power with them, next to them, and show support as they speak and as they show some sort of, like, disdain for what's what's occurring. We should all be standing together on it. So I, I think that's a super powerful point to make. And then, again, to touch on the fact that, like, yes, black people are absolutely fed up. And I think that's the effects you can see in the riot. But it, like I said, it's not just black people there. And I think it's important for, to say this too because I don't want to make it seem like there aren't people um, of other cultures supporting um, this movement as well against police brutality and just like clear racism in general because it's not just black people in these spaces rioting and upset about it. I think too, it, Target is a Minneapolis-based company. The fact that that Target, Target on Lake Street was, was um, looted. They, if anything, if Target takes away anything from this, they should take away that police brutality is bad for business and right. that it messes up their stores. Exactly. And if they want to do anything about it, they should they should be... They should be the first to call for the the conviction of, of um for the murder conviction for for these police officers because if it's mess it, honestly if all they care about is bread it's messing with they coin too Period. so if that's all they care about then they they should they should have been spoke out especially with the fact that um they're based in Minneapolis what did you see when you were telling me before um, yeah at that Target um, <laughs> at the Wendy's <laughs> they took the Wendy's bro yeah they yeah, killed yeah, yeah. Wendy's G <laughs> yeah <laughs> So first things first, I pull up. People are running <laughs> through the Wendy's and the police from the precinct come out, um, are basically charging, trotting like they're on horses, basically, because all their gear is mad heavy. 
um, shooting rubber bullets. The police were not going for that. They were not taking the Wendy's. We were not trying to stay in that area. Obviously, we didn't feel like it was safe. Uh, we heard rubber bullets going off, and so we decided to move the car. Um, mind you, so if we think about Lake Street, uh, think about it as a capital T. We were essentially at one of the intersections of the T. Um, the Wendy's is on that corner, and then Lake Street goes down. So it'd essentially be about, like the body of the T. I'm trying to explain it to y'all. If it don't make sense, I'm sorry. Um, so we move. We go down a block, and cops or police officers have basically barricaded the beginning of Lake Street. And I felt like I was near behind enemy lines at that point. So we walk up um, on Lake Street, and we're basically like parallel to it and we're on lake street next to a burning apartment building and we had just recently spoken to some people on um that same corner as us and they were talking about how they had helped people get out of the apartment building um because it was literally on fire as people were still inside so shout out to the firemen that were there um want to give a huge like shout out to them that's with firemen they don't have to Um, carry guns and they still save lives right exactly they were literally essentially there to put out fires and save lives um any people that were in there period so yeah we're on lake street we look down to our left where we had just come from and their police had barricaded off the street and from that spot on down so down to our right each block um was barricaded off with police and yeah, it literally felt like we were behind enemy lines. And I hate to say that because the police officers that work in Minneapolis, the police officers that work in this United States are literally here to serve citizens. But for me to feel like I was behind enemy lines, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. And it speaks to uh, the climate of police versus like citizen interactions and interactions with black people. Um, so yeah, we're taking in the scene. We're trying to understand what's going on and 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 really just kind of basically like feel what it is like to be at a riot and understand like what this is for um we walk from there we go down another block and this block is like heavily policed so um we're at a riot now mind you too um this block that we're on now is there's literally nothing nothing's happening there's no fires burning um there's no people rioting here it's literally just like a block like people are literally living like peacefully on this block so this is like two or three blocks down from um, where Target is literally on fire. So we walk down the street and there are police officers in full riot gear, um, automatic weapons, um, flashlights shining at your face so you can't really see what's in front of you. Um, honestly, scary. <laughs> like, I, I don't really know how else to put it. It's very, very scary. It's very um, intimidating to say. Excessive, too. Um, excessive, Mad for sure, extra. considering this is not even a block That's where... That's a lot where um the writing is occurring and yeah it was it was a lot to take in so we're sitting there we're trying to understand what's going on here because there you know there isn't really anything happening here um but we didn't stay for long there because we didn't really feel safe with um automatic weapons potentially being pointed at us so we left there went back up (laughs) went back up um to the target and parked over there like a literal looting like situation there are mattress mattresses on the side of the road what um yeah it's really hard to explain you kind of would have had to have been there there are buggies on fires camp little campfires like everywhere of things that have been set on fire and 
I know a lot of people are probably going to think that's just ridiculous. That's awful. That's you should not be destroying businesses. You should not be destroying these corporations. At the end of the day, you guys have to realize that. Um, yeah, okay, sure. Like, don't burn something down. Whatever. But these businesses have insurance. They will. They will. You can. You can. You can replace a broken window. Yeah. You cannot you, bring back George Floyd's life. You can exactly. Exactly. There's. There's ways to get back the things that you lost in situations like this. Um, but there's no way to get back George Floyd's life, and I think that's so important to count. Like, because you like as much as you may say like rioting is so not the like not the thing like peaceful protesting is the thing we i've we've literally spoken to you guys now for i don't know how long and peaceful protests are not people are still getting tear gas people are still getting shot with rubber bullets so i feel like this was necessary and that's my take on it because like i said you can get back a business you can fix a broken window you can file for an insurance claim on a target but you cannot do any of that to bring back George Floyd. And he was killed, like, unnecessarily, so. And honestly, f*** your target. <laughs> right. Man, the, the, f*** your target. Because you can, that that's so, like, menial, that's so trivial. Right. To be worried about objects in a store. And then, and then this in particular, the white folks that didn't have nothing to say until, until you touched their target. Right. Then they piss. Then then they're saying, I, you know, if if, it, if there's anything, you know, if somebody says a sentence and they say but in that sentence, everything they said before is Negates. negated. Period. And so the, it, it doesn't mean nothing. I've seen several white folks on Facebook hop on just to say, yeah, this was extremely wrong and I'm all for the peaceful protest, but y'all shouldn't have went. How, who are you to tell black folks? How are you to tell people who are part of this community who are directly affected how they should react? How Who are Absolutely. you? Too. so and honestly and that's taking up more space we don't need that that's white folks if anything if you hear anything just just know that you it's your obligation to speak up and but in in a way and in, in a way that does not take up space from black people absolutely and it's not even not even not i'm not even gonna say all people go in this instance black people right you need to give if anything give black people the platform to speak what is on their mind because we are the ones that are consistently targeted in these situations and white folks can forget about it if they so choose they they have that privilege mm-hmm. so white folks need to do their job to not take up space and to leave room for the black folks to have something to say yep and then to add to that if you are more outraged about a riot than the death of george floyd you you're part of the issues, problem period you're part of the problem period. like yeah but okay so we're gonna give you guys a little piece or a take of um shannon sharp so he is um on undisputed with skip bayless he and skip have a conversation about uh the george floyd situation and we want you guys to we want you guys to hear this so shannon we have now seen many different athletes reacting to this incredibly tragic story and i would like to hear your reaction yeah, Jenny, we've seen this far too often. And what I'm feeling now is sadness, disappointment, heartbreak for his family, his community. And I, the question that I ask is that when will they hear our cries? When will they realize that they're hurting us? You know, you try to have these conversations. And every time, and it was funny, Skip, <clears throat> I woke up this morning and I had a general idea. And I didn't sleep well last night because I was going through my mind what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it. And I was thinking to myself, what are one of the reasons? What are some of the reasons that when we try to have these conversations, we end up going nowhere? And right on cue, 
Skip, a young lady, a white lady that I've been friends with for 20 years, 20 years, Skip, she sends me a stat in which more whites are killed by police officers than blacks. And, there, and, and it dawned on me. That's one of the reasons. Because Skip, when we say you're hurting us and you, you're having these confrontations with us that ended, end, ends up with us being dead, you say, but Shannon, there are more whites than blacks that are being killed by police officers without providing context. Pause, because, <laughs> whole like, wow, that's, like, that's literally, that's literally it. Like, if, if you feel defensive, see, see the fact that what, what, what had happened, if, if black folks are posting about what the facts what happened if you find yourself feeling the need to defend yourself Absolutely. but didn't nobody at you wasn't nobody talking about your family member that's a cop right. wasn't nobody talking about you and your white fragility your feelings wasn't nobody talking about that but if you feel defensive then there, there's the something deeper there and this shorty that he's talking about felt defensive because she Absolutely. felt the need to try to give him some receipts that are that what she says are bogus because of course white people make up more of the population than blacks so of course they're going to be killed at a higher at, there's going to be more of them but they are not killed at the same rate as Absolutely. black people there are three times the white population as the black population blacks are four or five times more likely to die at the hands by police officers than their white counterparts and the most trusted tried and true one that they will always use get when you try to have this conversation about police brutality against black what about the black on black crime it's the same thing that why blacks have greater underlying health conditions than whites because for Okay, also this part too, guys. So Shannon Sharp goes on to say for 400 plus years, um, there's been like oppression of black people. So we haven't been able to have the same food regimens, the same diets, the same habits, the same ideas, the same thoughts as other people in this country because of slavery, because of oppression. And that in itself, whether or not you want to believe it, still has an effect to today. And that in itself, in, in the same way it affects the black community, it affects white people because they still carry these same racist ideas. And that is exactly what we see in this instance with George Floyd. There's no reason for him to have that same idea and the same ideology that someone that would have been a slave capturer, a slave master, someone that owned a plant plantation and worked slaves to death there's no reason he would have those same ideologies if they did not exist the same 400 years ago where slaves were creating these terrible habits that they were forced to make because of all of the opportunities they did not have so anything that you see happening or occurring occurring in the spaces of racism today are not are not something that are just now popping up. What does Will Smith say? Racism isn't just occurring, it's, it's just being, being filmed, filmed, right? It's literally just being filmed. And those of you that have had no clue whether it was a choice to be oblivious or not about it until today, until recently, until this month, it's not it's not something that's just been happening now. It's been happening for forever. And and too, I think it really poignant what you said there is that is that um, that black people did not have never had the same opportunity as the, the people in this country who have the power, which is white folks. So I think that goes to say, I think a lot of white people are so quick to say, I am not racist. I, okay, well, you're not racist. You right. didn't, you didn't, like, I, I didn't, I didn't clutch my purse this time when a black man walked past me. Right. So I'm not racist. You, okay, th those are blatant acts of racism, but inherently all white people are racist because they contribute to um, institutions in society that, that black people can never be a part of. There's, there's aspects of education, 
housing, redlining. There's so many things that, that we are we will never be granted access to, no matter how LeBron James has so much bread. Absolutely. And they still vandalize his crib. Absolutely. He has so much bread. White supremacists still did that to him. It, there's, there's parts of society we can never be a part of because of the institutions that white people continue to uphold. And sometimes it's, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's done... And in a way that's not intentional, and I like it's it's yep. and that's okay. It's it's not the intention; it's the impact. So mm-hmm. even if white folks aren't intentionally, they're not meaning to do the things that they do. The impact is there, so therefore they have to address it at that Absolutely. point. Absolutely, that's been placed upon us. The institution is systemic racism. That is the reasons why. Skip. They put nowhere in the police report that the officer had his knee on the man's neck. For 10 minutes, that was not in the, pol- in the police report. Skip, what made my blood boil is what the police officer had his 170, 180-pound body knee on the guy's neck with his hands in his pocket. Skip, you know and I know if you feel that there's a threat, there's no way you're putting your hands in your pocket. The man is handcuffed, flat. And then in the report, they said he had an underlying condition. I don't care what your conditions are. If somebody puts their knee on your neck for 10 minutes, for five, seven minutes, you're going to die. And then you're going to use that he had diabetes, he had a heart condition as the reasons and not the fact that you had a knee in the man's neck. Okay, guys, I, well, so let's, let's, let's just take that in. So Shannon said that they used that they used um, every underlying condition that uh, George Floyd had as part of the police report and to contribute to um, the reason why he died, except for the part where we literally see the police officer with his um, hand on it or his knee on his neck. So if, if that's, if this is, if that's the case, guys, if we're literally leaving out vital information in police reports um, that speak to the cause of the death of U.S. citizens, um, what exactly do you expect from the justice system to go from there? If we're if we're allowing the police department to literally falsify information um, regarding these deaths already, it's literally padding the information so that it's set up for the prosecution to be in favor of the officers in this instance. And I think that speaks volumes to our justice system. I think that speaks volumes to our police departments because how in the actual are you going to sit there and not include any of this information? It's not because it didn't occur. It's because it's going to help the police officers not be convicted for it to have not been in the initial police report. And I think that's terrible, awful. There's really no other words to say it other than like just absolutely insane. Like, like I, I don't have words. I literally don't have words. And we got this on camera and it doesn't seem to matter, matter because we've heard that I can't breathe before. The, uh, the, the uh, Eric Garner situation, Skip, the same situation. What even more egregious, Skip, the officer, one of the officers is standing around looking at the sky like this is standard operating procedure. He's like uncaring. At what point are you saying, man, I think, he, I, yeah, I think, I think he's got, he says, I can't breathe. You're going to kill me. We just watched a man die 
on live TV. You guys, we watched a man die on live TV, on Instagram live, on Facebook live, on Twitter. We watched a man die. Now, I don't know if we mentioned it before, and we'll get back to this video in a second or this soundbite, this clip, whatever. Um, But George Floyd was arrested because the grocery store that he went to uh, called the police on him because he supposedly, supposedly, allegation, not facts at all, hadn't done, hadn't cashed the check yet um, because he supposedly wrote a bad check. So there, that is your first phase of um, racism. A lot of people may call it um, passive aggressive racism. Some may call it systematic because um, a business is a part of our economy and they're able to, you know, call the police and, and make their accounts on what's occurring in their stores. Um, nonetheless, they were incorrect, wrong. Okay. Um, so then the police are called and George Floyd has no weapons on him. He's been completely detained and we watch him die. We watch him die. Um, it's on video too, guys. It's it's not like some random murder um, where a man is hung in the woods and you find him days or weeks later with no evidence of who did it or who was there. Um, we all watch this on TV and we're still basically begging for there to be some sort of conviction against these four murderers that just so happen to either be um, accessories to a crime or the literal murderer themselves. They happen to be police officers. So I think that's like, there, it doesn't get any more candid and clear than that, that that this instance was was visible to everyone. And yet here we are, people are still in the streets rioting, peacefully protesting for there to be some sort of conviction or some sort of notice of what's what's happening here, what's occurring, why it's wrong. And yet we're still protecting um, people that have made it clear, not just like in this instance, that this is not a person that's going to support or um, even remotely consider or be on the side of of a black citizen um, as they do their job. And he displayed this in several other incidents um, that you can go and look up on his record as well in this one in this one by itself. So, and what do you and what do you say? Uh, because more whites are killed by the hands of police, but we're disproportionately. We are a minority. But if you want to extrapolate that, think about that, Skip. Just think about this. If we had 180 million black men and women in America, with the way the police interact with us, can you imagine? Can you just imagine the death toll? We see, we saw this, Skip, in, 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 in Brunswick, Georgia. It used to be, Skip, we thought it was just isolated. That would never happen here. Now we see it happen in Brunswick, Georgia. We see what happened in Minnesota. We saw the lady call the cops on a guy in Central Park, and she yielded the call, Skip. If you want the police to come in a hurry, African-American threatening, and they're on their horses. Come on, people. Skip, there are a lot of great white men and women in America, especially when I'm, I'm talking to the athletic community, and they have a lot of worthy calls, and they've raised money for a lot of worthy calls. When it was the flood that hit Houston, J.J. Watt stepped to the forefront, raised $40, $50 million. They have guys that raised for autism and homeless. Skip, we need their voices on this one. Ben Franklin said it best, Skip. He said, justice will not be served until those unaffected are as equally outraged as those who are. Skip, 
Dr. King was marching for years. But you remember what happened. It took those two Catholic priests that came down south and got murdered for the world to start opening their eyes. And then what happened on Bloody Sunday when the Edmund Pettus Bridge, and that was broadcast live on CBS, that changed the dynamic. We need some of these powerful white men and women to lend their voices to say this is enough. I've seen enough, Skip. We are, we are part of the human race also. And for so long, we've been looked down upon. We've been treated less than. We can't look and say, well, Shannon Sharp and LeBron James and a few are doing well because that is the minority of the minority of the minorities. And it's not right. Now, they, the, the mayor acted quickly. He fired these guys. But justice cannot be served until somebody is incarcerated. Somebody needs to pay a penalty for taking this man's life. Yeah, guys. So that's basically Shannon Sharp's piece on on the incident. Um, he said a couple other like more powerful things in there. Um, one of which was about the white woman that called the police on the black man bird watching in Central Park. That also happened this month, just recently. Um, the man, you guys can go watch that video too. Uh, this man was not threatening her at all, and yet those that's that's the rhetoric she used when she called the police officer in the midst of choking her dog, if I might add, like what the heck that's I think it's it's honestly really um it's symbolic unfortunately, it's symbolic though that people like her that that's what festers and, and becomes um essentially the murders of black people that that is that exactly that's that's almost that, that's almost that's identical where she lied and that directly resulted in, in um, the death of Emmett Till. And this one, I, I think also too, just like a quick visual as if, as if um, you can, you can, you can see, we see that like this, this white lady in the park, that's that instance is this just so disgusting in itself, but we know it's, it's a smaller, it's a smaller one than the, than the blatant outright murder of George Floyd. It is. Yep. So if you picture like a pyramid for a second, like even a triangle for a second, um, that's made of red solo cups. We got you sing me it's made of red solo <laughs> cups and you got the, you got the row on the bottom row on the bottom symbolizes um people like karen that calls the police uh, when when they're slightly frightened the row on the bottom symbolizes non-black people using the n-word the row mm. on the bottom symbolizes cultural appropriation white girls wearing box braids mm. the row in the middle then we go up a little bit the middle might be the, the police stopping and frisking black people at a, at a um, higher rate mm-hmm. than they do anybody else um we go the middle the middle might symbolize um i go to the you any black person goes to the mall goes to a store and that they're being watched they're being under they're under surveillance just waiting for them to to make a mistake Mm -hmm. for them to steal that's the middle of the pyramid then you get to the top the very top would have something like genocide the very top would have something like like the raping and pillaging that was done of the native americans who 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 were here before any of us they had to they had to push them out and then steal steal the africans and come do the work they wasn't strong enough to do that's at the very top the very top is the murder of innocent black people by police that's at the very top so you think if at the very bottom, non-black people saying the N-word, Karen calling 12 because she's scared, all of those things at the bottom, that, that those 
seemingly smaller instances are what uphold genocide and the murder the innocent murder of black people Period. so if you wanted to if you was you at the you at the whatever the, the frat party mm-hmm. and you want to knock down this little you y'all are doing the little what's it called beer pong you want to <laughs> you want to knock down the you but this pyramid is, is standing upright and you want to knock down this pyramid where are you going to aim where are you going to aim your ball at to knock down a pyramid of, of cups the bottom the bottom period you're going to aim at the bottom right. and and the, sm- the seemingly smaller instances are what directly feed the killing of black people absolutely and also to touch on that guys if if you're one of the people that oh this like i'm not like that this isn't me you're also on that bottom layer because just because it's not you just because you're not like that if you're not speaking against those things you're part of the problem Mm -hmm. let's make that clear at this point in our society if you are not able to have some sort of voice in this that speaks against police brutality that speaks against any form of racism towards black people towards people of color towards minorities towards people that may be in a different socioeconomic bracket than you then you are part of the problem period um yeah i think i think i hope that um our take was was meaningful to you and um, I hope that what we say can can just be taken as for what it is, um, and there's there's really no bias. It's 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 our legitimate experience, um, right, in America. So I think the fact that um, taking the time um, to listen to black women mm-hmm. talk about this issue and um, know that what we say experiences are facts. Right. So what we speak is truth. We couldn't forget. Um, all of the black lives that have been taken by police brutality. And um, I think just the, just this most recent instance, this the recent murder of George Floyd, um, we wish his, his family well. Mm-hmm. Um, prayers for all the people that knew him. Um, and we really just wish that he is able to rest and like rest in power. He rests in the most beautiful paradise mm-hmm. because he did not deserve this. He should still have the ability to walk this earth. So be alive. We just we have to end on that note. Well, um, we're going to wrap up the clip, um, or I'm sorry, this episode with a soundbite from Kehlani. Um, you know, I, I think so many people are fans of her music. Yep. She's racially ambiguous like herself. Um, but it was really powerful for her um, just to liken all of the contributions that black people have made. She, she spoke very well from her position in the music industry. And... Um, she compares all of the um the black culture that is embedded in the music industry and um all of the things that black people contribute to entertainment and music um and the fact that there's there's no way that people who indulge in in black culture and and black culture is popular culture there's no way that anybody who enjoys any of that and who loves a little TikTok dance and wants to hit the whatever the, hit the folks hit the whoa. And if you want to do that, then then you you your ass should be outraged completely. You you should be yep. furious. Um, so Kehlani just speaks a little bit about that. I need to say it again and reinforce it because some of you guys are my peers. Some of you guys work with me. Some of you guys work for me. Some of you guys sign my checks. Um, but I am a part of a industry an industry that profits completely off of black culture
everything is marketed to black culture in music, period. I don't care what anybody says. Every fucking genre is at some point marketed towards black people. Even down to the TikTok dances and the TikTok songs and everything like that. If you are silent right now, but you profit off of the black community, off of the ideas, off of the style, off of the art, off of the audience, if you capitalize off a of black audience, which everyone the fuck does, you know what I'm saying? Where is the record label executive, the A&Rs that signed these young black people into shitty deals? Will y'all not be upset until something happens to one of the artists that fucks y'all money up? You know what I'm saying?